This is the 99X Technology Podcast. Tune in to RTN Tech Sessions every Thursday for practical approaches and solutions to all things tech. Hi guys, I am Bishan Madhaguru, your host for the day. Welcome all you to the uh, weekly podcast of 99X Technology. So uh, last week we have discussed about uh, AWS examination que- uh, question structures and uh, how to break uh, down them and uh, answer it properly. So uh, today joining me the uh, joining me to the session our AWS experts uh, Namila and Keshav. Uh, so guys, uh, can you brief about yourselves? Uh, thank you, Vishal. So I am Namila. Uh, so I currently work as associate tech lead there for Nidanix. Uh, my project is called Pika6. Uh, we are an enterprise resource management uh, system, ERP system. Uh, so we are basically uh, dealing with uh, the domain of uh, like adventure sports items, and we have been using AWS for quite a, uh, like about several years now. Uh, so with our experience today, we are going to discuss about uh, how an organization can utilize AWS in such a manner uh, in which they could reduce their cost. So we will uh, discuss more about the cost reduction techniques and how uh, AWS supports that. Okay, so Keshav. Yeah, uh, thank you, Bishan. So uh, I'm a, uh, uh, my name is Keshav and I've been working as a software engineer uh, for the team What If uh, for the past couple of months. And uh, so our project is more uh, focused on providing a platform for uh, uh, managing a GDPR. It's more focused around GDPR and uh, we have also been using AWS uh, for quite some time and we moved all our uh, code base from Ruby on Rails to AWS. So uh, personally, I've also worked a lot in AWS. I was previously a trainee software engineer here. Even during that time, I, was, I worked throughout the year, I was working, I was working with AWS. So uh, based on what I have learned, uh, I've also come up, uh, seen some tips and tricks that we can follow in order to reduce the cost in AWS and some uh, mistakes that I did and I, how I learned uh, how we can save cost in AWS. So that's what we are going to discuss today. Okay guys, so uh, since we're working with these uh, big uh, projects, we know uh, we're using many services from AWS. So they have, I think, uh, more than uh, 600 services as I as my knowledge I think yes. there are many yeah. services yeah. so each of those services uh, cost you mm-hmm. so uh, so my question is guys how could AWS help an organization to reduce a cost okay Vishal so uh, if we think about the motivation for an organization to move it to AWS uh, that itself is a cost reduction so uh, AWS always uh, tries to uh, like uh, reduce cost for their customers so if you think about their pricing models, like uh, the first, the most uh, prominent one is uh, uh, pay as you go. Mm-hmm. So what they say is uh, you don't have to make any upfront commitments or long-term contracts. You just have to pay for what you use. And another concept that they uh, commonly use, uh, use is uh, pay less as you use more. Like uh, so in most services, uh, what, when you use more of that service, the unit cost for that uh, service. Oh, so it's like an inverse, like as pay you go, and you have this another model called uh, uh, pay less and uh, do more. That uh, kind of that, that, that's another concept where they encourage you to use more. So oh. when, when you use more, the unit cost will be will reduced. reduced. Oh, okay, great. So uh, one when you grow with your business, uh, the unit cost you have to pay for a particular service will be will, will become low. Oh, okay. So guys, uh, I just got the, this uh, question. So, uh, 
so isn't that be a problem for the guys who might doing a startups like uh, the initial cost is high so uh, once you yeah. get on board so with the actually uh, that's not high it's like uh, very economical economic, 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 still economical still like, economic, yeah okay okay, okay. Plus, but, also for like uh, newcoming uh, people, if they want to just uh, test out the system, we always uh, AWS provides the free tier. Free tier, yes. Yeah, so they can. Uh, they, uh, most of the main services that uh, any startup would require, they are provided free, and even out of them, uh, certain services are free for a year. Okay. And certain other services are always free, always uh, within okay. certain limits. So for example, like if it's a lambda function, million rupees per month is free, always free. Okay. So, uh, so even if it's a new startup, they can also easily come in and they can get started. They can see how this AWS ecosystem is uh, without spending pretty much anything. Just yes. give the yeah. card details and then that's it. Almost a zero percent fixed cost. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, guys, uh, uh, so how uh, someone can uh, estimate the cost of uh, AWS? Maybe as example, deployment. Uh, so basically, Vishal, AWS has provided a tool called a TCO calculator. We call it a Total Cost Ownership Calculator. Okay. So for an organization which currently uses an on-premise uh, deployment, when they try to move it to AWS, they can use this uh, TCO calculator. Mm -hmm. So it will ask you questions about uh, uh, how many servers do you have, what is the uh, operating system it has, and it will uh, provide you an estimation. So this is a kind of an executive level summary where it will uh, compare an on-premise deployment uh, with the same thing on AWS. So you can see uh, the cost benefit you get, like uh, so whether it's a significant benefit for a migration. Oh. So you can uh, using the TCO calculator, you can take the decision whether uh, as an organization whether it's beneficial for us to do a cloud migration. So guys, uh, those uh, prices so. Are they like uh, changing frequently or like uh, they are pretty much reliable? Like can organizations keep trust on their prices? Like uh, how, how this? Uh, as per my experience, Pishan, uh, there were no incidents where the prices got increased. Okay. They, they always get reduced. Reduced, reduced, <laughs> reduced over time. Uh, <laughs> so there is an, uh, another question. So uh, this is about AWS. So yes. Uh, if if you are a company and you're doing a competitor analysis or something, so you might come up with maybe Alibaba service. They have uh, mm -hmm. uh, come up with same sort of a service. So uh, how it uh, compete with the others? How about the prices? So is it like uh, good with the pricing or like uh, it's in average uh, area or? Like uh, I think when compared to uh, other services like uh, Azure and uh, Alibaba, yeah. now, uh, I think most of the services AWS cheaper. It's cheaper. cheaper yeah. oh. And uh, like uh, other advantages, AWS is available in so many geographical regions. Oh, okay. So uh, like I don't think other cost, other service other like uh, other cloud providers have that reach. Have that uh, reach. Yeah. Yes. yeah, that's true. That's and uh, this uh, free tier is also pretty useful. Yes. Uh, when it comes to, uh, I mean, but that kind of a Comprehensive free tier is not provided by uh, yeah. other services, as I know, and that gives uh, is uh, any any person coming inside AWS a good chance to test everything out. And yes, so if we uh, talk about the inception of AWS, like uh, it was the like initial infrastructure they built for themselves okay. for this uh, AWS like Amazon uh, site. So oh, yeah. in that, like, while looking at the scale of the Amazon operations, uh, mm -hmm. we can trust their infrastructure. Like. Uh, they, they, that infrastructure was built to uh, like cater that scale. Mm. 
so uh, like i don't like really think that other services have that uh, amount of competency so oh. Uh, I think uh, there's there's no problem in uh, trusting AWS. AWS, yeah. So their services also pretty much reliable as well. Yes, yes. very reliable. Very, very reliable. Very reliable. Yeah. So uh, we can like uh, offload the responsibility like like if we use maybe cognitive authentication or some kind of thing. So we we as a company we can shift the responsibility of having uh, authenticating to the AWS. So it's pretty yeah. much reliable. Yes. So yes. I think yeah. uh, they have all the compliances uh, you need. Everything. Uh, yeah. Like uh, they have a separate service called uh, AWS Artifacts. Okay. Uh, so if you need to check whether they have a particular compliance uh, like PCI or okay. something like that, uh, you can go and check with them whether they have the compliance. Okay. So guys, uh, uh, regardless of uh, like uh, doing this yourself with the uh, calculator, so uh, if if someone wants to like personally uh, uh, contact a person there and like uh, ask for a maybe uh, like guys I don't know how to do these calculations can you help with this or is there customer service or something uh, available right now or uh, is it hard to like get a person involved like with, uh, if you want to get a like a comparative uh, a comparative guide to that I think uh, if you have an enterprise level support uh, subscription yeah. you can do that. Oh. Uh, so if you have an enterprise level support the subscription they will uh, guide you in that like uh, they will review your architecture and uh, they will provide that level of service uh, even though you don't have that uh, the community is very helpful very like, like uh, their guides like oh. documentation and their best practice guides they have mm. a very comprehensive documentation yeah. on regarding that so I think uh, you yeah. can pretty much manage it uh, even right. without enterprise support plus like if you already have some services up and running and you're not really sure like this is the most optimal way of uh, yeah. uh, most optimal it, yeah. way of doing it there's always like AWS trusted advice yes. that will uh, provide uh, recommendations on how to save the cost and like uh, what is the best, best architecture to uh, provision your thing so that it will be the most optimal, optimal cost free so uh, AWS does provide uh, a lot of different features yeah. uh, so guys uh, uh, things like uh, storing uh, data or storing images, storing media files, those kind of things. So you, you anyway have to, even if you are not using AWS, you anyway have to, uh, uh, like uh, you you have a cost of uh, like if if not you using AWS. Uh, so uh, there's the, there's this cost anyway. But uh, uh, with AWS, is there any possible cost reductions? Like uh, maybe in uh, storage services. Uh, yes, like uh, if you like uh, the most common use storage service in most cases is S3, the simple storage service provided by uh, Amazon. Uh, so in in uh, S3 there are storage classes. Okay, oh. for an uh, for example, standard standard infrequent, uh, once infrequent, uh, glacier glacier deep archive. So you have different storage classes. Okay. So the cost depends on the class. Mm. So, uh, while looking at the uh, data you have to store, you can decide what is the most appropriate class for me. Oh. So, like for an example, if you need high availability and high durability, you can go for the standard class, uh, which is the which will cost you the most. Uh, but uh, all of us, like usually, all of all of the data uh, don't need that level. So then you can go for other levels, oh. uh, which has less cost, and they also uh, they follow the model where. Yeah, like you have to pay less if you uh, use more like so for uh, for the first initial few gigabytes uh, the cost is a bit high comparatively 
but uh, when you store more like uh, when you reach terabyte levels the unit cost will be reduced again and uh, talking about storage there there's also if you want if that those are storing uh, stuff so if you want to do etl tasks like extract transfer load mm -hmm. uh, that also AWS provides uh, EMR and uh, data pipelines. Yes, so, uh, and uh, we have, you have Athena and uh, Glue. Yeah, those yeah. also uh, are used for ETL tasks. ETL tasks. I have some experience working with the data pipeline as well. So, uh, it's uh, service-wise, it's also pretty easy to move really huge amounts of data from a, for like say, for uh, example, from one region to another. Uh, Cost-wise, also, it's uh, pretty uh, efficient as well uh, because. Uh, like uh, we're talking about data warehousing, uh, Amazon has Amazon Redshift. Redshift, yeah. Yes, so it's a, uh, it's pretty easy for you to uh, start a data warehouse using Redshift because yeah. uh, uh, there's nothing to be set up. Everything is uh, prepared for you. Mm. Uh, so, uh, like uh, if you talk, if you think about the cost of administrating these things, because uh, if you are going to build a data warehouse by yourself, uh, you need specialized people to administer administrate those infrastructure. Uh, and uh, you have to look at the security aspect and you have to look at the physical infrastructure. So yeah. uh, all that is uh, offloaded to AWS. Uh, yeah. So I, I think uh, that's a very good benefit of using AWS. Yeah. So uh, what about uh, compute services guys? Is there any uh, possible cost reductions going on in that field or? Uh, yes, like if you talk about, like if you talk about EC2, like, uh, so EC2 has several pricing models. Uh, you have on-demand, like uh, where you pay only for what you use then if like if your load is kind of predictable you can go for reserved instances where you purchase the instance for a like for one year or for three years and uh, in reserved instance also uh, you have three payment options you can pay everything up front or you can make a partial payment or you can uh, like with no uh, upfront payment you can go for reserved instance so uh, if you are willing to pay everything uh, like as an upfront payment, you will get large discount. Okay, so a uh, reserve instance is another way, like if your load is predictable, you can uh, get a considerable discount. Uh, and also there are, there's a concept called spot instances. So if you have a really large workload, uh, which can be only processed, like uh, it needs huge amount of computational resources, uh, you can go for spot instances. In case of spot instance, uh, we like we place a bid. Uh, so uh, what really happens is uh, when AWS has uh, excess computational capacity uh, where it's not used by customers, they will allocate it for uh, spot instances, yeah. and they will have a, a, a spot price. So if our bid bid bid, bid price is uh, less than that spot price, uh, we can get AWS instances uh, for reasonable for very reasonable price. And uh, we can use for uh, use that for our computations, uh, but the only downside is uh, if the bid price like if the bid price goes beyond our bid, uh, they will reclaim the instance. So we should uh, make sure that our uh, like our application is tolerant for that uh, thing. Like if uh, it can continue, it, it can face a termination. So if our application uh, can is is like uh, capable of handling that, we can go for spot instances for a very uh, low price. Yeah, we can even design the architecture in a way so that it will switch between uh, on-demand and uh, spot yes. or on-demand and reserve so that the uptime won't be uh, affected in any way. Still, it will be very uh, cost efficient. So, uh, we can uh, uh, handle that in uh, AWS. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, like uh, when choosing your instant types like uh, there are a lot of uh, instant types for specific yeah. purposes uh, like uh, compute optimized ones then the gpu optimized ones mm -hmm. and fpg optimized ones so yeah. there are uh, uh, compute types built for different uh, purposes so depending on your purpose uh, you can get the instance you need so like uh, for an example if you are using a web server a general a general purpose uh, instance could yeah, be yeah, could, yeah that's that will be more suitable yes. but if you want want like more gpu incentive intensive uh, processes then better to go for that uh, yeah. uh, instance type so uh, yeah uh, so guys uh, uh, since we talk about the cost and cost reductions of aws uh, how someone can uh, monitor the cost is there any way of monitoring the cost? Yes, uh, so yeah. the most uh, primary way I think uh, provides by uh, CloudWatch, which is a service in AWS, yeah. uh, where you can set billing alarms. So mm -hmm. you can set the billing al alarms and uh, what, like if your cost exceeds that amount, uh, it will give you an alert. Uh, and there's another feature called AWS budgets. Uh, so in case of uh, CloudWatch, it will only give you the alarm once you like exceed that amount. Uh, by using AWS budget, you can forecast it. Like uh, AWS will forecast your monthly bill, and if they see that that forecast exceeds the limit set by you, they will notify you. So uh, that, that's the that's another like uh, that's the advanced step of uh, CloudWatch monitoring. So uh, using AWS budget, uh, you can uh, say that uh, my limit is this much. This is the maximum I can afford for AWS. Okay. So uh, within a particular month, if AWS sees that uh, with your usage pattern, that it will. Uh, exceed that it will notify you so oh, yeah. so you can take care of that these notifications are really helpful uh, even like uh, uh, if you're just developing something for testing and you forget to delete the instances yes uh, yeah. the cost will keep on going so these kind of alarms will quickly tell you uh, to go and shut it down if you're not using it so uh, something like uh, uh, cost uh, forecasting uh, is that a free service or like uh, you have to like uh, uh, subscribe for that and pay some amount for that. Uh, CloudWatch alarms, like uh, the alarm itself, is free. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when you like, there, there can could be a small cost for notification, like firing these notifications. It could yeah. be an email, or it could be a like a message to SNS topic. Yeah. Uh, so that was the data transfer costs are cost there, but then are, the uh, service itself is it's free. It's free. Okay, guys. So. Uh, uh, what are the common mistakes people doing like uh, when it comes to cost like uh, are there any common mistakes people do uh, yes uh, so according to my experience like uh, aws recommends that uh, you need to tag your resources like uh, so uh, when you're provisioning a resource uh, it's better to add a tag uh, so you can like uh, when you get the cost like if you have to do some analysis on the cost uh, it will be easier like mm. uh, you can see like uh, which section costs me more which department or which employee so uh, in like you can go to a very granular level using tags so uh, not adding tags is a mistake done by uh, most of the developers because uh, they just neglect the they benefit neglect of that. It, yeah. uh, so, but uh, when you have to do a cost analysis and see uh, where the cost occurs most, uh, like uh, that's a problem. Uh, yeah, because uh, every time we provision any service, AWS always recommends to put a tag. Tag, yes. And it's there for all the services. Yes. But people, people often tend to ignore it and just keep uh, moving on. So. Yes. adding the tag will really help in uh, narrowing down where it's going around and, uh, uh, and i think uh, people uh, like uh, in some cases people need, like forget 
to uh, delete the dependencies for an example like if you provision an ec2 instance and then you attach some ebs volumes then uh, you uh, delete the instance but you forget to remove the ebs volumes yeah so by default the root ebs volumes will, will be deleted but if you have attached any additional EPS volumes, those will, uh, still, those will be still there yeah. and it will incur your cost. And then for uh, another example is uh, uh, ELBs, Elastic Load Balancers. Load so balance, yeah. uh, if you like even some people, uh, even after deleting EC2 instances, they forget about the balances, load balances. So they will uh, continue, continue to cost. And uh, another example I have seen is like if you have auto scaling groups yeah. and uh, even if you uh, terminate the instance, the auto scaling group will again uh, spin it up. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes uh, you forget that there's an auto scaling group involved in the deployment and you just uh, delete the EC2 instance and close the console. But uh, after some time, the auto scaling group will again spawn the instances and uh, it will cost you. That's true. Okay, so guys, uh, uh, is there any services provided by AWS for maybe free, like? Uh, uh, they don't have to but uh, they're giving this for the developers so is there any uh, services yeah for for example uh, if you say uh, if you take the aws uh, certificate manager we get free public ssl certificates uh, which is pre pretty valued also uh, when compared to other uh, open source uh, so some dns is also try to provide ssl certificates but they charge you for that but here it's completely free um, even my some of my friends were uh, surprised to hear that it's free because they paid for the actual certificate and uh, some other needs like if you want to do encryption uh, there's AWS provides KMS and that is also completely free and uh, one of the one really uh, cool thing is that AWS provides VPC VPC allows you to uh, build your applications in a secure network so yes. Uh, that is also completely free but so you don't have to worry about be, uh, creating this uh, uh, maintaining these servers, creating these subnets, creating your own network, uh, adding firewall rules, all uh, all these hardware and all these costs are maintained by AWS. I mean, it's given over to AWS, but still they provide that service for free. You can uh, man uh, you can easily uh, configure them uh, without any uh, hassle. Another example would be, uh, as we mentioned before, Cognito also uh, provides like 50,000 monthly active users for free always. Oh, it's always free. Uh, the so free free cap is always very reasonable. Right? Very very yeah. reasonable. It's yes. very reasonable. Even for uh, a startup, I think for a start, they, yes, that's they will exactly. still remain under the free under cap. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. it's a small business, a small e-commerce website uh, with hundred thousand users per month, yeah. they can easily uh, maintain just between the free tier without exceeding any of the limits. Yeah. So it is. Then then also this question just came to my mind. So yeah. uh, because of the this uh, like attraction, uh, so. Like uh, you have this handy free cap, so uh, mm. uh, people are like, okay, so I am a startup. I'll go ahead with this. So using all the AWS services, so this uh, won't this be like a very uh, vendor bound operation? Like, uh, what if you have to like uh, just uh, shift between another another service? So maybe uh, Asia or something. So what what's your view on that aspect? using all the services uh, by yeah. AWS. I agree with you with a, to a certain extent. Like, yeah. uh, that's the, <laughs> uh, the vendable. Okay. I think uh, you see the portfolio of other cloud providers like uh, Azure and uh, uh, others, they also have similar services. Okay. So yeah. like uh, with some effort, you may be able to migrate it to them if you have a requirement. Like, uh, so yeah. uh, for an example, like, uh, if, uh, like uh, 
like uh, lambda functions uh, hs hs functions yeah, yeah. so uh, likewise they all have uh, competitive services to each other so like if you really want to migrate from Azure to another service uh, by putting some effort, uh, it should be possible. Should be possible. Uh, but I, I agree with you, there's some kind of level of a vendor locking in uh, cloud services. Yeah. It's like it's in uh, Asia also. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. <laughs> once, <laughs> once actually I used this uh, service called uh, AppSync by AWS, yes. which, which uh, we couldn't be able to like uh, migrate it to. I think we were looking for another service, but there wasn't any with the, the other uh, competitor so yeah. we were stuck into that uh, <laughs> uh, so that's that's one scenario we I, I was like uh, uh, experienced that thing so uh, oh yes sir like uh, and uh, there's another feature in AWS called consolidated bill Oh, so okay. let's say you are an organization which use multiple AWS accounts. Mm. Uh, then you can create something called AWS organization yeah. and add all your accounts into that. Then you can go for a consolidated bill, uh, which uh, which means like all your accounts will be built, uh, like imagining that it's a single account. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so like so, uh, so it's like account, a parent so, account. Yeah, it's a parent account. So. Uh, let's say initially you have one account and from okay. there you create the organizations and you add uh, two or three accounts okay. that initial account will become the parent account and all the other bills will be consolidated and he will get the main bill okay from that bill he can actually monitor what all the other accounts are doing but he will pay all together he will uh, oh, okay so it, that will be good for maybe like a software suit company with a software suit so it has many yeah, products it has many products but they can create uh, aws instance they can create like separate accounts separate for it account, uh, yeah. so it's more uh, yeah. independent but still uh, the cost will be consolidated yeah. and given to the maybe like the main uh, yes yeah. yeah, so then you can take uh, advantage of the tiered billing like for an example like since it's built as one account uh, so as before we mentioned like uh, uh, like services like s3 has uh, this tiered pricing so uh, from 0 gp to 100 gp you have to pay uh, some amount for a unit and after that the co that unit price will be reduced oh, like the yeah. more you use the unit price will be reduced so using consolidated billing, even uh, all like all the accounts will taken as a one account. So you can get advantage of tiered pricing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got the point. So, so, so uh, the, that the parent account can get the uh, advantage of having a, a tier pricing. Yes, tier pricing. That oh, pay more as you go. The as pay, you go, pay less yeah. as, you as you use go. more. That we can take advantage if you use uh, yeah. consolidated cost consolidated. So guys, uh, I forgot to ask, uh, uh, as you explained, uh, the S3 was an, uh, pay, uh, uh, S3 had a pay-as-you-go option. Uh, is there any other uh, services in AWS uh, which provides this advantage for uh, Yes, like uh, if you, there are several services in AWS where they follow the serverless model. Like uh, you don't have to provision any servers, you, AWS taken care of that. You just have to pay for what you use. So the a very good example is Lambda, where it's a compute as a service. So you don't have to provision an instance or anything. Uh, you just have to pay for the compute time uh, where your code get executed. Yeah. And Lambda is also very fast and very reliable. Uh, yes. It's yeah. very robust also. So it can scale to it any... It can scale up, yes. That's the thing. It can scale up to any uh, amount. Uh, and, uh, based on the load, it can stay, scale up pretty efficiently. Uh, and if you talk about uh, like uh, databases, you have uh, DynamoDB, 
it's also a fully managed service provided by AWS. Uh, so it, AWS takes care of all the infrastructure and provisioning instance, everything, uh, licensing and everything. Yeah. You just have to pay for what only what you store and uh, what you access in yeah. Dynamo. Uh, and uh, previously we had the ECR, uh, Elastic Container Service. Mm -hmm. uh, so previously we had to provision EC2 instances and then deploy containers into that. But uh, recently, like not recently, uh, like a few, about one year back, uh, AWS announced Fargate, uh, which is a yeah. full managed uh, container service. So you don't have to uh, worry about the hosts uh, running your containers. You just have to deploy the container. Yeah. So that's another uh, serverless uh, level service used by AWS where they fully take care of the infrastructure. Guys, this is a good talk. So a lot of contents. Uh, uh, can you just brief like uh, what are the outputs uh, our viewers should uh, take from the session? Uh, yes. So uh, first of all, I think uh, we mentioned about tagging. So you should always tag your resources. It will give you a better insight and uh, you can use uh, AWS uh, Trusted Advisor yeah. to see uh, whether there can be cost savings and uh, if there are services that uh, uh, you have like like I, I think uh, you can do to do it for everything uh, you can use uh, AWS billing alarms uh, using CloudWatch yeah uh, so it will uh, tell you when your uh, budget exceeds and if you use uh, AWS budget there also you can set alarms and uh, if possible you can use uh, consolidated billing yeah uh, so if uh there are a lot of organizations and if, uh, it's better to take uh, advantage of the consolidated bill and the uh, tiered pricing and uh, if you just want to test out the services uh, AWS always provides uh, the free tier so you can uh, just give your card details and start playing around and figure out what you want to do without uh, incurring any costs so uh, those, and, yes, yeah. uh, and also uh, like uh, AWS is uh, uh, like uh, it, it uh, evolves at a rapid pace. So every week uh, they make new announcements. Uh, so with those announcements, uh, there can be techniques uh, which can uh, do the things that you do at a lower cost. Yeah, they so, might introduce new architectures or yes. better way of doing things that will uh, reduce the cost in a very uh, effective way. So always uh, keeping updated with those uh, announcements and maybe those keynote events uh, will be really helpful yes so like uh, there can be a more cost effective solution rather than the rather than what you have implemented today yeah that's true that's very true yeah uh, aws provides everything it's it's up to us to uh, take advantage of everything and uh, make it cost effective yeah. okay guys then uh Thank you, Namila and Kesha, uh, for the sharing your knowledge uh, with uh, our viewers. So, uh, guys, uh, just follow us through any uh, major uh, podcasting platform uh, since now we are available on uh, every platform. Uh, thanks a lot. See you guys next week.